0: The missionaries of the New Testament went to great lengths to preach the gospel. They performed miracles, endured impossible trials, and brought many souls to Christ, all of which was made possible through the companionship of the Holy Ghost. As we prayerfully seek opportunities to share our own convictions, we will be blessed with the godly courage and confidence we need to share this sacred part of ourselves, no matter the situation. I invite you to join us in our study today and encourage each of us to request divine understanding that the Spirit may teach us individually and specifically. Welcome to Come Follow Up.
1: I think some of the most natural ways to share the gospel is through your example and the way that you live your life. I love the scripture that says, have you received His image in your countenance? If you radiate the light of
2: Christ, people are drawn to you. You don't always have to go up and immediately start talking about the gospel. You can just kind of go up and ask someone how their day is going. Um, And then from there, you can kind of just go and start either sharing some experiences or anything that you think are prompted to share.
3: I think when you're living the gospel, you just want to share it. And the Holy Ghost helps prompt you
2: just to open your mouth. I feel like the Spirit has guided me by giving me a love for the people that I know and by loving them and wanting them to have the peace and the joy that I feel through the gospel that helps me to want to share the gospel with them more and not be afraid to share with them.
4: I've been most appreciative of the Holy Ghost guiding me in my efforts to be a member missionary and watching the Holy Ghost be a companion to a number of people as they share the gospel. It comes through feelings. It comes through impressions, and as I receive those impressions and feelings, I, I summon the courage to follow and do exactly as I've been instructed.
0: Welcome, everybody. My name is Ben Lomu, and I'm your host. Our Gospel scholar for today is our good friend Patrick Mason. Patrick is an author and religious historian who is a professor at Utah State University. He and his wife, Melissa, have four children and live in Logan, Utah. Welcome, Patrick. Hey,
5: Ben. Good to be here.
0: And our special guests today are brother and sister, Tom and Debbie Morgan. Tom and Debbie are former mission leaders in the New York, New York North Mission. They have five sons, seven grandchildren, and live in Sandy, Utah. Tom and Debbie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank
1: you. Nice to be here. Thank nice you, to ben. be with our friend, Patrick.
0: Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> We're excited. Maybe we can get some personal stories about Patrick. Yeah, so
5: so I knew them when I was a teenager, so we're gonna leave the personal stories out
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're very excited to have you both with us today. And we also uh, wanna welcome our studio audience. Thank you all for being here as well. And to the viewers at home, thank you for joining us. Throughout this discussion, we'll invite you to share your experiences with us on any of our social media platforms. For downloadable resources for study and teaching, visit byutv.org slash up for more. Today we're going to be basing our discussions around Acts chapters 16 through 21. As usual, this tracks with the weekly study plan outlined in the Come Follow Me resource provided by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The two topics we're going to be discussing are, first, the Spirit will guide me in my efforts to share the gospel, and second i can declare the gospel in all circumstances after our initial discussion of these topics with our panel and studio audience we will move on to footnotes which is a deeper dive into the scriptures and these topics with just our guests and scholar our first topic today is the spirit will guide me in my efforts to share the gospel We're gonna have Patrick, our amazing scholar, uh, give us a little bit of background context so that we can better understand uh, these topics.
5: So these chapters today uh, follow some of the journeys of the Apostle Paul, who's just this amazing missionary who travels all around the Eastern Mediterranean preaching the gospel. And so specifically, Paul went on three major missionary journeys, and we're gonna follow his second mission and third mission today. Uh, his second mission he goes mostly to what's now modern day Greece, and so it goes to some of the major cities there. And then his third mission he goes to to uh, cities in what's called Asia Minor or kind of modern day Turkey, and then also to, to Greece. And so so many amazing stories where we really see Paul just preaching the gospel with power wherever he goes.
0: And is he alone at this point? Does he have a has No, he's, he's,
5: got, he's got companions, actually multiple companions. Okay. On each of his missions, he'll take different people with him. It's just like missionary work today. Right. Uh, people, you know, you rotate through different companions. So we're going to first see him with his companion Silas. They're okay. going to have some amazing experiences together. And, and then he'll kind of mix and match after that as well.
0: So we're so excited to have the Morgans uh, with us who who are mission leaders in New York. As we learn about Paul and Silas and kind of figuring out missionary work, what was your experience working with so many wonderful young men and young women as they were trying to figure out how to
4: do missionary work? Ben, when you say this is new, it's always new. None of us are experts at it in the beginning and some of us never have become experts (laughs) You know, for these wonderful young men and young women that were assigned to our mission. It was new to them too. So understanding, getting to know what, how do I do this? When do I do it? How am I gonna know what to say? All of those things are the same experience that any of us have when it's time to share the gospel, when there's an opportunity to do that.
1: During our three years there, we had almost 600 missionaries come to our mission. Wow. We had missionaries serving from 27 different countries and a wonderful thing about speaking about Paul and Silas traveling through the land in different lands and maybe different dialects, our missionaries from all 27 countries had an opportunity to share the gospel with someone in their native language.
0: When you're faced with so many different elements of of how to talk to people, what are we looking for uh, when it comes to missionary work? What are Paul, what are Silas, what are they relying on to really help them know where to go and who to talk to?
5: I think there's, there's a great story, um, a great passage right at the beginning of chapter 16, where they're trying to decide the same thing, right? Where <laughs> should we go? Who should we talk to? I think this is a great principle. Uh, so chapter 16, starting in verse 5, and it says, And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. The church is growing, right? Now, when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the, of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to Bithynia and the spirit suffered them not. And they passing by Mysia went down to Troas. Now that's a lot of names, a lot of places, right? But here's, here's the principle. Uh, the Holy Ghost led them both where to preach, but also where
4: not, not to, to preach, preach mm-hmm. right? So one of the areas of our mission was Harlem. Often, often our missionaries would report of one of two things happening, one, they would receive a prompting. They would receive a prompting. Go down a different street, go go to a different area, come back another time. The other prompting they would get would be from people in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Often our missionaries would report that they would be walking to a particular place and a group would come up and say, how's it going? High five go a different direction. <laughs> they
1: looked out for him.
4: They looked out for him.
1: Yeah, They took care of him.
4: Yeah.
0: So for those of you that have have had an opportunity to share the gospel, what would you say is a key element when it comes to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with others?
4: Gordon. I found it's really useful when it's natural and authentic. It doesn't seem forced. Maybe um, and a question might emerge out of a friendship or a moment between friends.
0: Is there a specific time, Gordon, that you're thinking of where you've had a chance to talk to others about Jesus Christ?
4: I just now was thinking that uh, I was in Golden Gate Park about a month ago. I was with a group of youth and um, with a lot of different backgrounds. And one of them just had a ton of questions and it just led to some natural conversations about really philosophy, theology, and like meaning of life. And it was very natural and not forced, just as we we're walking.
0: You know, something Gordon said about having a lot of different backgrounds. I imagine being in New York, you, you came across so many different people with, with different backgrounds. How do you feel that affected the missionary work in that area?
1: The missionaries that we had spoke five different languages that were assigned to our mission. And more than half of our missionaries spoke Spanish. Wow. And they came from Spanish-speaking countries all over the world. In fact, I think we have a picture today of some of our missionaries sitting at the UN, the United Nations, where we got to take missionaries from around the world and speak about water issues. Well, it was a wonderful opportunity for them to be able to share ideas from their countries.
0: Wow. You know, one of the things that's changed with missionary work recently is the influx of, of sister missionaries that have started to serve missions. Sister Morgan I would love to get your perspective, Uh, you know, in the scriptures. Oftentimes, you know, some of these strong uh, female characters can be overlooked. What can you teach us in the scriptures about the power that some of the sister missionaries you've seen connect with some of the stories we can read about uh, Mm -hmm. in the Bible?
1: Uh, When we were serving in New York, we were there when the age change came from Mm -hmm. the leadership of the church, and we saw our sister missionaries increased from 30 to over 100 sister missionaries. The influence of women, sister missionaries, was a huge blessing to us and to the world to see the power of young women coming and preaching the gospel when a mission became a first choice for them to be able to come. Being a woman, I love stories of women in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And this particular part of... uh, acts that we're talking about, when we have that story of Lydia. She has two little verses in the story. In uh, chapter 16, verse 13, and Paul is saying, and in the Sabbath, we went out to the city by the riverside, where prayer was wrought to be made, and we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. I like that the women, it wasn't a new thing to go to the river. And to to pray, pray. they were there, and Paul knew that the women would be there. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, which is a beautiful color, meant that she was a seller of dye, um, of the city of Patrick. What is this city?
5: Thyatira. Thank you. We'll go
1: with that. (laughs) (laughs) Which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, and she attended unto the things which were spoken to Paul. And when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, If we have judged me, be faithful unto the Lord. Come unto my house and abide there. I love that not just Lydia was baptized, but her household, Mm -hmm. and how wonderful for Lydia, but for all of us as women in the church, to be a woman of faith, a woman who follows Christ, who listens and learns from apostles and from teaching, a woman who can make her home a place where you want people to come and feel the Spirit. And I think Lydia was that. She wanted them to come to her home and to abide there and feel the Spirit.
5: I love that it ends there. And she constrained us. They're like, no, you know, it's okay. And she's like, no, you're coming to stay with me.
1: (laughs) Come and eat, meet our family. Yeah, Yeah, I love that.
0: So we have this example of Paul, Silas, uh, what, other, what else can we learn from them and in, in using this spirit to lead them and guide them as they're going about their missionary work?
5: I, I think one of the great stories here is in chapter 16, when they're thrown in jail, the walls have shaken and people are kind of scared. What's going on? And the jailer comes and calls for a light and springs in and comes trembling and falls down before Paul and Silas. And he brings them out and says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. That's the message. That's what they're doing consistently in different cultures, different languages, to different peoples and different places. The message remains the same. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved.
0: You know, uh, Sister Beck has a quote about the importance of following the Spirit. And as we read this, I was wondering if you guys could kind of touch on how important is it in missionary work and specifically when you're dealing with 18, 19 year old young men and young women that they learn the importance of following the spirit in their everyday mission life. She said, the ability to qualify for, receive and act on personal revelation is the single most important skill that can be acquired in this life. Mm -hmm. How is she so able to say that with such boldness about the importance of personal revelation?
4: Because it's true. (laughs) (laughs) That's how she can say it with such boldness, because it's true. In Preach My Gospel in chapter four, which is all about recognizing and understanding the Holy Ghost, um, uh, President Ballard says that the most, I'm paraphrasing, but the most significant component to conversion is the Holy Ghost being prompted by the Spirit. In the mission field, there's a phenomenon that happens that is just absolutely incredible. When a missionary hears that Spirit, feels of the significance of those impressions for herself or for himself. And when that conversion begins to take place, they have a much more Understandable connection to the investigators and those who are thinking about these same things that they're teaching because they've just gone through that experience themselves, this conversion experience.
1: I think how wonderful for a missionary, but for any of us, to be able to take someone by the hand and say, Let me introduce you to Jesus Christ.
5: Mm.
1: Let me share my feelings of the Savior.
0: Well, thank all of you for contributing and for sharing on our first topic and audience as always thank you very much uh, for your participation uh, in our first uh, discussion how about you how have you seen the spirit guide your efforts to share the gospel share with us on instagram at come follow me
2: i think it's really inspiring that these prophets of the new testament are able to go and share the gospel despite all these crazy circumstances where they can go and they're risking their life and people are super mad at them and it's a lot worse than we may face today.
3: They weren't afraid, they were brave. They went forth even afraid that someone would take their lives and many of them did lose their lives in sharing the gospel. And so when I'm scared, I just remind myself, okay, you know, other missionaries in the past have done this, I can do it.
2: I think the missionaries in the Old Testament have the same access to heaven that we do. And the bravery and the strength that they have is the same that we can have if we seek it, because the Lord wants to, wants us to have it. And when we ask for it, I think He blesses us with that.
0: So the second topic we're going to be talking about today is, I can declare the gospel in all circumstances. So, Patrick, we had mentioned earlier about uh, Paul, and he's in quite a different circumstance in which you wouldn't necessarily think would be the most ideal setting to share the gospel. Can you touch on a little bit on, on where Paul is, how did he get there, and what gives him the courage to share the gospel?
5: Yeah, so this was not a circumstance that I experienced <laughs> on on my mission. Uh, so we're in chapter sixteen of Acts. Paul and Silas have been preaching. Their preaching has been unpopular with with some of the the, the leaders in in the city, and so they they arrested them. And actually, kind of a, a little bit of a mob uh, gets together, and and so let's let's go to to verse 22. Uh, So they bring him to the magistrates and saying, these men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city. They teach customs, which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. So they're troublemakers, Mm -hmm. right? They're, They're stirring things up. And the multitude, the crowd rose up together against them and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them and cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. So the crowd is, you know, the judges, the leaders of the city have all come, they've beaten them, uh, wow. thrown them, not just in the like, prison, in the inner prison, like max security, mm-hmm. uh, and, and there they are. And that doesn't faze Paul and Silas, right? Verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, and saying praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them." I'm not sure that's what I'd be doing at no. midnight in jail, right, but this is who Paul is, this is who Silas is. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately, all the doors were open, everyone's bands were loosed, right? So, just remarkable faith, and yet another miracle, right, to see these, the walls of the prison fall down.
1: I think, you know, as you read through this story, They're so committed uh, to what they're
4: doing. Paul and Silas stay the course, right? So they've been beaten, they sing and they pray and and the walls come down and they didn't leave, right? (laughs) The whole thing is happening around them. And if I was in prison and the walls came down and my bands came loose, I'd be the first one running. (laughs) But Paul and Silas stay the course. Mm -hmm. And what happens? They teach the gospel, the jailer, and all and of his quote all of his hmm. were baptized. Sometimes things are very scary. Yeah. If we have a purpose, and we stay the course, then the Holy Ghost will help us fulfill our purpose. I mm-hmm. mean, for
5: for me, it, it it was not natural for me to just knock on somebody's door and and do those kinds of things. And this clicked for me, like, and especially kind of in the second half of my mission, like I was really interested in the person on the other side of the conversation, mm-hmm. right? That it was—it wasn't about me, it, it wasn't about numbers, it wasn't like I was really interested in getting to know that person, and, and I and I really believed that them, you know, developing a stronger testimony of Jesus Christ, relationship with Him, that the church could help these people, mm-hmm. right? So. So it was the love that I had for people I'd never met. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the that gave me the confidence to to do something I would never do
0: in mm-hmm. normal life. Right. And I'm sure you ran into this a lot with missionaries that had that fear. What are some things that you did to help them overcome that?
1: Oh, my first thought is maybe service that any of us it's easy to give of yourself, to give service to someone else, to share, to help out, to shovel snow, to clean up, or whatever. Wait, wait, wait.
0: Hold on a second. We're talking about two different things, right? So we're talking about missionary work. So why are you talking <laughs> about service, Sister Morgan?
1: <laughs> I think personally, to be able to forget yourself in the service of other mm-hmm. people is a great way to share the gospel. Cleaning up someone's yard. We were in New York during Superstorm Sandy. Even in our own mission home, we had no power for 13 days. That was a challenge. We had missionaries. We have a picture of some of them headed out to a um, smaller island off the, just outside of New York City. Breezy Point. Breezy Point, and uh, we cleaned basements and houses for months, and the ward would load up a bus and take people down to clean and serve. What a wonderful place to be in somebody's basement, cleaning up after a bad storm, and be able to share the gospel.
4: So you've got these individuals that look like anybody else, and everybody's name is is the same as the others, elder or (laughs) sister. sister. (laughs) Everybody, and then comes the question, what are you guys all about, what is this? It opens up a conversation. And it's the same way for all of us. Mm-hmm. When we serve another person and we give up by ourselves, they give back, right? And some of that giving is the opportunity for us to tell tell them what's in our heart, why are you doing this? I love how this shows that
0: by serving, that can lead to you know, missionary opportunities or just helping others feel that they're loved. You know, by by somebody, but they're you know, a child of God. That they are a child of God. So I, I would love to hear from the audience. What are some of the unique ways that you have found to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, Laura Lee?
3: So most of my adult life, I've lived in big cities around the world, and I realized pretty early on that most of the people that I associated with would never ever hear the gospel, and. For that reason, it really helped me to open up, and any opportunity I had, I would just take it. And even if I would never see that person again, um, I would just talk to them about whatever their question was or whatever was brought up. And I've been in um, grocery stores, walking down the street. One time, I was on a tennis court, and my tennis partner had a question, and I'm like, I may never see her again and she may never ever meet someone in the gospel. So right there on the tennis court, you know, between hitting balls, I was telling her asking questions and whatnot. And afterwards we walked out to the car and I pretty much told her the whole Joseph Smith story. And, you know, I never did see her again, but I thought I just want them to know what the truth is and to plant a seed and to take those opportunities
0: well thank you for sharing those experiences what are some examples of the ways missionaries use to share the gospel
4: yeah it's such a good question because in a place like new york particularly manhattan we didn't do a lot of door knocking you couldn't get to the doors to knock on them right so (laughs) the kind of contacting we had to do was a lot more creative and we had to look for opportunities so for example Missionaries would be on subways. That's how we got around a lot mm-hmm. on buses on on subways. And, and people all the time would be riding next to you in the subway and they'd look at the name tag and they'd say, <laughs> what is that? And we would set up meetings on Facebook Live and on the subway we would say, I'd love to share some more with you about what we do. We're meeting on Facebook Live tonight. Here's, here's the link that you can join us on. You can ask questions. You're gonna see my face. You're gonna see my companion's face. And we'll answer any question that you have. Very, very different from knocking on a door and asking, you know, can I come in and and can I visit with you?
1: We had missionaries uh, set up a shoe shining station in the middle of Manhattan one day. And as people got their shoes shined, they talked about the gospel. At Christmas time, we had a group of missionaries who bought wrapping paper and sat in the subway and offered to wrap Christmas presents. And while they wrapped Christmas presents, they talked about the gospel and shared that. At one time, we had a big group of missionaries, a whole zone, uh, do a huge chalk art, chalk art drawing. In fact, there's a picture of it right now. Uh, they were in Union, Union Union Square. Union Square. Wow. Where a subway comes and thousands of people come up and down from the subway that day. And they drew the plan of salvation in chalk art and people stopped and they visited and they could walk them through step-by-step the plan of salvation
2: like
4: literally walk them (laughs) literally walk them through the plan of salvation
1: and so the creative message and the creative ways that our missionaries were able to teach wasn't just door-to-door that many times was a little more relaxed in Mm -hmm. jeans and in t-shirts talking about the gospel and helping other people feel at ease and sharing the message of Jesus Christ
4: and it's the same for all of us we we get sometimes caught up and we even fear this idea oh I got to go to next door to my neighbor and knock on the door and say you know I made a commitment I'd say something you know and it, it doesn't have to be that way there are lots of different ways to connect with people mm-hmm. and and if as we find those natural ways for us, what might be natural for me, may not be the same natural for you, but as we find those natural ways, we relax, right? Mm -hmm. And the spirit helps us. Heavenly Father's design is that all of his children come back to him. So we know he through the spirit is going to help us. He's gonna help us Mm -hmm. and he's gonna help those people that, that we connect with.
0: You know, we had a, a question come in from one of our viewers that speaks just to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's watch that. And then I would love to get, you know, your thoughts on on how we can help answer this question.
4: Okay. Hi, my name is Ruben Chen. I'm from South Lake, Texas. Um, Paul and Silas went to preach the gospel among many people of other religious faiths. How do you suggest we help people of other religions and other faiths Recognize the influence of the Holy Ghost in their lives,
0: because I think sometimes, like you said, you may be on the same page, but just not recognize it, you know what that feeling is or what they're experiencing. So how, from your experience serving, um how do you help those that maybe don't speak the same spiritual language or use the same terms feel and recognize the influence of
4: the Holy Ghost in their lives? when it comes to spiritual things, right? The Holy Ghost prompts people to have these feelings. And instead instead of drawing an analogy or or drawing a difference, the thing to do is to find the similarity. Mm -hmm. I've felt like that before myself. Mm -hmm. You had that question, I've had that question. That's a great question to ask. Where did I come from? Is there really, I've had that question too. And when we draw together and we answer those questions together, then the Holy Ghost answers them for us both. That's the secret.
0: Uh, Clayton Christensen had a wonderful quote uh, that speaks to this and the importance of sharing the gospel with others. He said, when the background of our invitations is love, every invitation is a success because it is an expression of our love for others. God's love for His children is completely unaffected by the choices they make, and we too can love people regardless of their responses to our invitations. What a wonderful way to wrap up this discussion. Thank you all for uh, contributing, for sharing, and to our audience, thank you as well for sharing your testimonies and experiences with us as well. And for our viewers at home, we're about to jump to more passages from these chapters in Acts with Patrick, Tom, and Debbie in the footnote segment of our show.
2: The Spirit communicates with me through um, calm. Um, there's so much anxiety and frustration and anxiousness in the world that, that calm feeling that can come when I'm choosing the right and when I'm making the right choice that the Lord would have me have. That's how I know. He's pleased with the choices I'm making.
4: How the Spirit communicates with me. I feel things. Um, I, I can't say that um, I've, I've heard a voice. What I can say is I have felt that voice. I've felt the love of my Heavenly Father and Savior, Jesus Christ, through the promptings and the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. That's how I feel the Spirit.
3: I'll think about somebody or think about something, and. And 'll and, and I'll feel like the Lord wants me to do something with this. So sometimes you know I have to ask I'll say, what, what do you want me to do? And so I'll I'll just try to follow those promptings. And usually with, I'll get a little prompting and then as I think about it more and ponder, the Lord gives me more direction of what I'm supposed to do.
0: Welcome to Come Follow Up Footnotes. We've dismissed our studio audience and are looking forward to expounding on Acts chapters 16 through 21 with Patrick, Tom, and Debbie. Let's get started. I'd love to go back to this story of the jailer and the story of Lydia as you so wonderfully taught us. Do we see a connection between these two stories, Patrick?
5: One of the things we know about early Christianity is that it spread because of family networks, because of of family and Mm -hmm. friends and people sharing it and bringing people into their homes and so forth. So I I think this is a great example right out of the gates here, uh, where we see Lydia bringing all of her family, the jailer bringing all of his family. That's how the gospel spreads. One passage that I think is so beautiful that maybe we could miss, in chapter 16. This is with the jailer. After he and his household had accepted the gospel, this is verse 32. It says, they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to to all that were in his house. And he took them. So now the jailer takes Paul and Silas the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. So even before he was baptized, don't forget what happened in the meantime, because these missionaries had been whipped
1: Mm-hmm. They had
5: stripes on their back. Potentially by him. By him. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. And he went, and he made right what was wrong. Mm. And and that's what the gospel does to us. It it changed him. It wasn't just oh I believe this is true. It it he it was brought humbled. New, he was humbled. He brought a new quality of love, and he says, "Let me take care of these mm. wounds on your back."
0: Oh, how would it be to see oh, that that's you know unfold? That to to watch that story take mm-hmm. place. You know, <laughs> just happening. Everywhere. An
4: unspoken piece of this, is that Paul and Silas received that yeah. also, right? Yeah. So sometimes we can feel a little bit righteous, you know, and someone wants to say, <laughs> yeah, right, right. right uh, you know, I'm really sorry. Well, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you should right. be sorry. Right. Right. But they received that. They received that as humbly as they took it in the beginning. And he probably needed to do that mm-hmm. as part of his repentance, mm-hmm. right?
1: Maybe his family needed to see that too. Totally. Sure.
4: Yeah. yeah, and and like we've talked about throughout this whole thing, how would the jailer know that? He hasn't been baptized. So how would the jailer know that he needed to do that? The influence of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. The Holy Ghost is guiding this person through this whole thing. It's It's, it's a part that we sometimes don't remember as as well, right? The Holy Ghost is guiding these people who we're we're gonna bear our testimony. We're gonna take some bread over to somebody's house. We're gonna welcome them to the neighborhood. We're gonna invite them to come to church with us. And we think that, you know, it's all on us, but the Holy Ghost is guiding everybody. This is, this is how mm-hmm. it happens, right? Both sides.
5: Yeah, and I love in, in the next uh, chapter, it uses this great phrase, which I love in, in verse six. It talks about how when Paul and Silas come, when they're preaching these things, it says it turns the world upside down, right? I mean, everything mm-hmm. that's on mm-hmm. top is bottom and bottom is on top. And and, and that's what conversion is. It's transformation. Mm-hmm. This is what the gospel does. The way that you see the world is different. The way that you treat other people is different, right? It's you, You're living in the same world, but it's not the same world anymore.
0: You know, and for Paul, he's he's making this transition from preaching to Jews to now he's preaching to Gentiles in Greece. Mm-hmm. And and it's got to be such a shift in, in how he's teaching because of from the perspective of uh, the ones that he's he's trying to teach. And so we have this experience where he goes up onto Mars Hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, can you teach us a little bit about this, Patrick, and, and some of the things that Paul is is trying to uh, to help the, the Greeks understand.
5: Yeah, and this is where the philosophers came from, Socrates and Plato and Aristotle, right? And he talks about, and, and there are these schools of thought, the Epicureans, the Stoics that he's talking to. So he's up on Mars Hill where they would gather and have these discussions and debates. I mean, this is like going to like Harvard or Oxford wow. or Cambridge, right? right? You know, right in the center of the quad. And, and he's not gonna reason with them out of the scriptures now, Now he's gonna use a different tactic. He's gonna observe what's going on around them, uh, and and then teach them differently. So maybe we can read these verses and, and then and then sort of unpack mm-hmm. um, what they're talking about. So so first of all, he talks about in, in verse 21, he says, all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else, either to tell or hear some new thing, right? To me, it sounds exactly like a faculty meeting, right? <laughs> so everybody's got to one-up each other, right? You know, who's got the smartest thing to say, right? Okay, but then Paul stands in the midst of them on Mars Hill, he says, you men of Athens, I perceive, in all things, you're too superstitious.
0: Tell us what that means. Like, is there another word that that could mean that we can understand kind of what they're talking about? Well, he, he,
5: he, he's actually paying them a compliment here okay. in the terms of saying like, you, you care about spiritual things, okay. right? You're, you're, very, uh, you're very thoughtful about these things. You talk about these things. So he, he's actually trying to connect with them. We, we read superstitious yeah. kind of a, as, as a negative thing. Here, he's actually paying them a compliment. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, because he says, I passed by and I beheld your devotions and I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, right? So he says, you got so many gods, you got so many statues, you even have one to the unknown God, right? <laughs> like, you know, anything we didn't cover, we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll, we'll put it here, right? Uh, but then he gets a little bit, now he moves into teaching mode. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. So I'm going to tell you who that God is, right? This is a great moment. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. They're surrounded by these temples, temples to to Artemis and to Mm -hmm. to Zeus and Mm -hmm. and to all of these other, Diana, right? Uh, Neither is worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, hath made of one blood, all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth has appointed the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after them. What that means is if if you're kind of, they're fumbling after him, but he says, though he be not far from every one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. As your poets have said, we also are his offspring, for we are the offspring of God. And so, he says, you don't necessarily know who God is. Let me tell you who God is. God is the Creator of all things. He's close to you, and He's your Father.
1: So when it says "happily," what does that mean? So it's th- not happily it's that they might feel Him happily, but it's.
5: Happy. Yeah, it means the, the happily, they're, they're, they're fumbling after him. It's, it's like they're searching for him, but they don't know where, where to go. Uh, and so, so other t- modern translations use the word like fumble or, or you know, stumble, so you look, looking for him. <laughs> so, he's saying, that's what you've been doing. Let me tell you exactly who he is. Right. He's your father.
0: You know, we see so many examples from the scriptures of amazing missionaries. And, and it just as you were sharing that, it reminds me of the way that Ammon teaches Mm-hmm. And he makes that connection, right? He's because you know a lot of times in this example, you know, you're looking at um, those in Athens. They believe in something. Let me identify what that is. Same thing that Ammon does with King Lamoni, and he says, "Look, I, I, you're, you're believing in a great spirit." And then, interestingly, he goes on to teach about the creation. Yeah, uh, same as him. Paul. Same as Paul. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so interesting. How how those? It's almost like there's a pattern here of there's a lot of really wonderful people, and I'm sure you saw this in New York, that believe in something. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of helping them see that what they're believing in, it, there's there's some substance to it that you can connect them to.
4: This is the exact same situation Joseph Smith was in mm-hmm. as his a young boy trying to learn and understand, and he's hearing all these different, my words, all these different definitions of who God is. Mm-hmm. And here, uh, as Patrick said, I loved it. I thought it was pretty good. You've got, you've got statues to gods of everything, and then you include the unknown God, just in case you, <laughs> the, in case you, you know. Mis- cover your bases. <laughs> cover, cover your bases, make sure you get it all. But then, then the beauty of this is that he essentially says, now with all of this that, that you have, now let me introduce you to Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. Let me introduce you to God who and then and goes through all of this that's what that's really what we do as individuals as missionaries as disciples to know our heavenly father ourselves so that we can introduce our heavenly father to others
5: and i love that he doesn't tear down their beliefs he doesn't have to say let me tell you why zeus is terrible Let me tell you why Aphrodite is terrible. No, he says... And why you're stupid to even think... Exactly. Let me just tell you who the true God is. Yeah.
1: And he observes kind of their language of Mm -hmm. what they understand and helps to teach through that way, right?
5: Yeah, exactly. Using their own poets.
1: Right. And I wonder if this can relate to the idea
0: of receiving the gospel versus sharing the gospel with others. There's a verse uh, in chapter 20... um, Verse 35. Patrick, you had mentioned this, uh, where it is more blessed to give than to receive. Is there any sort of, you know, when 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 you talk about the gospel, the joy that comes from sharing the gospel with others, I wonder what that compares to in the joy and receiving it for ourselves. What is Paul saying here in this verse?
5: Well, the key is it's Jesus who says it, right? So I, I love this because um, this is the only place in Scripture where we have this saying mm-hmm. from Jesus. It's not in the Gospels; it's it's nowhere else. And and it, for me, it's just like, what else did Jesus say that mm-hmm. we didn't get written mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. right? You know, I can't wait to see the whole tape, uh, you know, <laughs> when, when 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 we get to heaven. But 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 this this is how Jesus lived his life. This is this is how he calls his followers to mm-hmm. live their lives, to to give their lives in service. Um, sure, it's it's good to receive the gospel, receive a testimony, and so forth. But but immediately the impulse there is then to go out and share, to mm-hmm. to, to give. Uh, that's that's what that's mm-hmm. what Jesus did More his blessed. entire life.
4: Earlier on, right here, up in verse twenty six and twenty seven, you know, Paul is saying goodbye. Right, he's he's saying I'm gonna I'm gonna head out now, and he says, wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. He's saying, I've, I feel like I've done my very best. I've done as much as I can do. And I feel confident that everything I've said to you is true and it will help you. And then he goes on to say, and I'll just paraphrase, stay the course. And it's, it's gonna be a little tough here. And I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. He's saying, you gotta stick with it. And it's not going to be easy. Uh, we've all come together. We see it the way Heavenly Father sees it. And going forward, you're need, gonna need to continue to see it that way, right? Because it's it's gonna be tough. We're all gonna have temptation. We're all gonna have challenges. and and that's part of life.
5: Yeah, and there, um, there's going to be critics. Mm-hmm. There's going to be people teaching other things. Uh, he says in verse 30, uh, there will be people who come in speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. So... And, and we'll see this in the letters that he sends back to these churches. That the, the, he's been a missionary, and then he goes back and writes a letter to, you know, to Galatia mm-hmm. or to Philippi mm-hmm. or to, to Ephesus. And, it, and his message is always stay the course, right? You know what I've taught you. You know the gospel I've taught you. Stay true to that gospel.
0: So, what would you say to any individuals, or what experiences you have for, you know, perhaps some of those missionaries? that were feeling a little down or discouraged, what sort of advice would you give somebody and even Patrick, in your experience with, you know, maybe some of your students and just in general, this kind of uh, faltering of faith at times that we see creep into some, of, some really faithful saints? Yeah, um,
4: I, I, I'll just say for all of us, for all of us, the key in, in what you've asked Ben, the key is, our devotion to understanding of and implementation for ourselves of the doctrine of christ the doctrine of christ faith in the lord jesus christ and his atonement one of the hardest things to do is to is to realize we haven't done something we or or have done something we shouldn't have Mm -hmm. so exercise faith in lord jesus christ and his atonement unto repentance repentance that helps us clear out put it all out of us we're promised that when we repent and we do it with full purpose of heart then we can have the holy ghost to be with us right we have covenants that we made and heavenly father will keep his promises to us if i have the holy ghost because i have kept my covenants then i have revelation personal revelation and the more understanding i have the more revelation i have the more i can exercise faith and with stronger faith i can repent deeper and with deeper repentance i can be stronger in my covenants and with strength in my covenants i can receive more personal revelation and that pattern that pattern helps us then endure right endure through all of it i love how throughout paul's
0: teachings he's always pointing Back to Jesus Christ, you know much of our discussion today has centered around all aspects of, of missionary work, using the Spirit, overcoming some of those fears, finding different ways in which we can share the gospel. I'd love just to uh, just to kind of show the consistency of, of of the strength of missionary work and how the Lord uses missionaries. What are some other examples from the Book of Mormon, from other places in the scriptures of powerful missionaries that we can learn from? that show similar attributes of some of these missionaries you're reading about in the New Testament?
5: Well, I think the, the Book of Mormon is full of those kinds of examples. The Book of Mormon is just, it's, it's a great missionary book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you mentioned, I, I think, some, some of the best in terms of the sons of Mosiah, uh, who went into, a, a, for them, a kind of strange and foreign mm-hmm. land, right? Just like Paul did, and, and speaking with people with different cultural backgrounds and different experiences. And for me, the key of, with the sons of, of, of Mosiah uh, is they did it with love when nobody else thought it could be done, mm-hmm. right? You remember what the missionary, or what the Nephites, the other Nephites were saying about the Lamanites at the time, that they're like, the only way you can deal with these people is like to go, go to war with them, right? They'll never listen. They're never going to to listen to what you say. and and the sons of Mosiah, because they had been converted, mm-hmm. right? you you talked about what are the fruits of conversion. What does that mean for you as a missionary? Well, the sons of Mosiah said, hey, we we know what it's like, you know, to be at the bottom and then to be redeemed by Christ. We know that that can happen for anybody. So it's for me, it's it's the the conversion, And the true testimony of the atonement Mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ that gives power to the kind of love that the sons of Mosiah take into, into all those Lamanite cities.
1: I think, too, the story of Ruth in the Old mm, Testament.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Uh, when, you know, her husband has died and her mother-in-law says, well, come with us. They're not her people. Mm-hmm. And she could have just stayed with her people. But the famous scripture, you know, when she says, and where they'll go us, I will go. And where they'll lodge us, I will lodge. And thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. It's such a beautiful example of just moving forward and taking the gospel to wherever it needs to be, that she left those people and she went into her other land and gleaned the fields and ended up marrying and having children. But I think her example of that is beautiful.
0: And as we talked about earlier, um, there was probably a lot of fear that she had to overcome to take oh, that step. Sure. you know, And so many missionaries you know, today, they're going into foreign lands and eating foreign foods <laughs> and they really have to adopt
4: maybe, the people. Maybe a sometimes. lot of people
1: don't want to leave with their mother-in-law <laughs> and go far away. <laughs> yeah. She had a lot of faith.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah, she did. Ben, I'd add, I'd add one more example. Um, you know, the great missionary uh, Amulek. In the 34th chapter of Alma, there's so much doctrine that is in chapter 34. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, you'll find many references in Preach My Gospel, you know, uh, for missionaries and for all of us, many references after uh, out of chapter um, 34. But what I, what I want to emphasize is at the end of the chapter, in verse 40, um, he says, And now, my beloved brethren, I would exhort you to have patience and that you bear with all manner of afflictions that you do not revile against those who do cast you out because of your exceeding poverty, lest ye become sinners like unto them, but that ye have patience and bear with those afflictions with a firm hope that ye shall one day rest from all your afflictions.
5: I love that. And it reminds me of one of Paul's great sayings, um, in Corinthians, in First Corinthians, when he reflected on his own missionary work and this notion of patience, this is chapter three, verse six of First Corinthians, and he said, "I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase." Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? It, you know, he's he's using a, a gardening metaphor. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like when I'm out gardening, I certainly didn't create the soil. <laughs> right? I I may plant it. I might water it, right? But I'm not doing the photosynthesis. <laughs> I didn't create the sun, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so I do my part, and then somebody else is going to do their part, but God will give the, give increase, the increase. right? It's not about me, yeah, right? Beautiful. Uh, to, 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 and I think Paul recognized that.
0: Mm-hmm. So Brother and Sister Morgan, you served as mission leaders in the New York, New York North yes. Mission. And I, I just think it's so neat how we have so many connections, you know, that you guys know. Patrick,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, my all-time favorite student, and I know we're not supposed to have favorites, but I have favorites.
1: <laughs> we don't have favorite and children either, right?
0: My all-time favorite student uh, served in your mission. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I sent him a text earlier saying that I was meeting with you. And he had this to say, and I'm going to ask you a follow-up question. This is what he told me about the both of you. Okay. Uh, he said, they changed that mission and made it the best mission out there. Uh, his leadership was amazing, and her leadership was equally matched. The biggest thing I saw President Morgan do was put trust back into the missionaries by giving them responsibility. I've never seen that before, and it worked wonders. Some of the low-producing missionaries became some of the most consecrated and blessed missionaries because of it. And this is uh, Elder Steven Richards. Great soul. What was it specifically that you did to instill so much confidence in these missionaries and help them overcome some of the fears and things that we've been talking about to to go out and work?
1: I don't know if there's anything we did, (laughs) but I would like to think that the Spirit did and helped them grow and learn. I'd maybe like to just say that missions are hard and a timing of a mission, even your call says it's anticipated that you'll serve for two years. The missionaries in our mission or anywhere in the world that serve for five days or five months or two years, they're called, they serve, and they're released. The service that is offered, any service, if you're willing to give, I believe is accepted of your Father in heaven and that those missionaries that struggled, like Elder, Elder Richards <laughs> uh, said, some really struggled, but they were able to continue with life, with service, with whatever you do, that you do it well at the chance that you have to do it. I would like to think it wasn't what we taught, but it's maybe how we lived and by our example, and the example of the people of New York it helped those missionaries serve for five days, or five months, or two years.
4: Um, I, you know, we love Elder Richards and and appreciate what he said to you. The, what we did is follow the Lord's example mm-hmm. by by giving somebody an opportunity to have ownership, and to have responsibility, and to have accountability. All of those things r- raise a person up. In their own eyes, in the eyes of the people around them, and in the eyes of the Lord, and this is what took place. With with that responsibility, accountability. They they arose to the occasion, and and that's what you ask of everybody, right? That's,
1: Whatever that may be, yeah. a missionary, right, a primary teacher, a parent. You rise to the occasion.
0: Well, I can think of 600 very fortunate missionaries that had the privilege of (laughs) of serving with you. And and I'm sure their parents are very grateful for the lessons that you you taught them. We're grateful
1: grateful for the 600 of them.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being with us and for just sharing with us your, your goodness. And Patrick, it's always a pleasure to work with you, to learn from you, and to feel of your goodness as well.
5: Right back at you, Ben. Thanks.
0: And thank you for joining us at home for this discussion on sharing the gospel. I encourage you to record and act upon any impressions that you've received. Continue the discussion with us on Facebook. Find us by searching for Come Follow Me TV. Join us next week as we'll study and discuss Acts chapters 22 through 28 and the strengths we receive from the Lord as we serve him.